0: Welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published, and I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity, and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now, and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows. In the fuck me, this is impossible moment. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's lovely to have you here. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer. And I have an overwhelming passion for writing stories that scare the crap out of people. I love making stuff up. I've spent the last 12 years taking my love of all things storytelling from a hobby, which I was completely clueless about, to a professional, self-employed career. Not bad for a girl who hated skills so much. I often spent days skiving and hiding in my bedroom, too scared to move a muscle so my dad didn't know I'd bunked off again. I'm both a traditional and indie published writer, My 17th book is due out in June. I've had number one bestsellers in the UK, US, Canada and Australia and I'm here to talk to you about living the creative life you dream about. If you feel as if you're stuck in the writing closet and haven't got a clue what to do, then this is the place to be. If you're still listening, then great. Bear with me because as I said earlier, this is my very first episode and I haven't got a clue what I'm doing so we're in this together. But starting a podcast has been something I've been thinking about for a couple of years now. The only thing was I was a bit scared. I'm not the best with technology, and I don't particularly like the sound of my own voice. But even though I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to putting myself out there, I am quite stubborn and very goal-orientated. I literally live by the words, face the fear but do it anyway, which is how I ended up working full-time for the police, getting a publishing contract, and now pushing myself to do this show. Over the past seven years I've said yes to things which the very thought of filled me with the utmost of fear but I've still gone and done them because I knew I had to if I wanted to grow and make the goals I'd set for myself become a reality rather than a list of fading words written in the pages of one of my many notebooks. I'll dive in and tell you a little bit about how it all began and why I feel compelled to share my journey with you which I hope you'll enjoy. If you don't like swearing then this might not be the podcast for you I'll try my best to behave, but sometimes an expletive is the only way to go. And as fellow writers, I'm sure most of you will agree. I really didn't enjoy school, but my saving grace was my love of reading. I just couldn't read fast enough to satisfy my appetite. I devoured every single book in infant school and I had to take my own in. My love of the written word and writing stemmed from there. Being able to lose myself in a different world was the most wonderful gift ever and writing to me was a natural progression of my obsession with reading. I would spend my spare time browsing in bookshops and I'm going back to the days before Amazon exploded into our worlds. In my teenage years, I discovered a love of all things horror and read every single Stephen King, Dean Koontz, Graham Masterton and James Herbert, to name a few. I would read between three and four books a week. Then I met Steve, got married and had kids, lots of kids. This was back in the nineties, In the days of having all these babies and young children, I couldn't work because I couldn't afford the childcare for my ever-increasing brood. And things were tough, like scraping together the money for a packet of nappies tough. But my love of reading took me away from those day-to-day worries. In the very early days, we couldn't afford a TV licence, which probably contributed to the growing number of kids. But books I could borrow from the library or buy at the second-hand bookshop a couple of streets away. I have lived so many different lives through my love of reading. I've been chased by killers, worked as an FBI agent. I've been a forensic pathologist and investigated serial killings. I've been a homicide detective and a forensic profiler. I've lived in New York, London, Las Vegas, and I seem to have spent an awful lot of time living in Derry, Maine, thanks to my love of Stephen King novels. I've been chased by a terrifying clown, stayed in haunted hotels, seen nightmarish creatures come out of the mist, and been lost in the woods I've lived in a haunted mansion and visited Transylvania I've seen a monster made from stolen dead body parts come to life and I've married a millionaire then felt the pain of losing everything I've fallen in love with a vampire that sparkled and laughed along with Bridget Jones the list is endless of all the wonderful stories that I've immersed myself in sometimes I would finish a book and wonder what the hell I was going to do with my life now I could no longer live in that world Books really are that amazing, but you don't need me to tell you that because you, my fabulous new friends, already know. So let's talk about the progression of our love of reading to being the one in charge of writing these fantastic books. Inside of me was always the burning desire to write my own stories. There were a couple of times amid the sea of pampers, breastfeeding, and weaning when I'd managed to get all five kids asleep at the same time. I'd sit down at my second hand Commodore 64. Yes, I am that old and try to write something that resembled a story. I can remember my very first one as if it was yesterday. It was called Moon Cycle and was around two A4 pages long. It was as crap as the title, and I had no idea how to turn those two pages into a full-length no- novel. But I was so proud of that little story, and when Steve got home from work, I told him all about it. Unfortunately... He was as interested as my three-month-old baby. My second attempt was slightly better. This one came in at around 10,000 words and involved a traffic warden who was a serial killer. One day I came in to find our dog had eaten the peach floppy disc I had saved this work of art on. I think traffic wardens owe me a debt of gratitude, or should I say the dog. I did, however, learn a valuable lesson from that devastating experience. Always back up your work, even if it's terrible and the worst thing you've ever written. I think it was Jodie Pickle who said that you can't edit a blank page and this is very true. No matter how bad you might think it is, you can work with it. At the time of the dog chewing incident of my floppy disk, I suffered a full on breakdown at the loss of the story about my psychotic traffic warden. I vaguely remembered the story, but not to the extent of being able to rewrite it word for word. But the universe works in mysterious ways and the patron saint of traffic wardens must have been paying attention that particular day. After this incident, I kind of thought, well, that's it, fuck it, I can't do it, and I didn't. I filed away Moon Cycle and I didn't write anything for a good few years. Instead, I immersed myself into my new obsession, reading crime novels. Val McDermid, Stuart McBride, Mark Billingham, James Patterson and Patricia Cornwall, the list was endless. Fast forward on a few years and thank God for the school week... I would wave the kids off on a Monday and lock the door so that they couldn't get back inside and do the housework like an elite athlete so I could pick up my current book, lay on the sofa and go and live in somebody else's life for a couple of hours. It got to the stage where I had read everything and was browsing in the local opticas. do you remember those? And I literally couldn't find anything to read. I wanted a scary story with a serial killer thrown in for good measure that was set in an abandoned hearted mansion. It wasn't much to ask for, really, but damned if I could find one. And it was at this point that I'd read a couple of really rubbish books, and I thought to myself, you know, I think I could do better than that. So I left the bookshop empty handed, which was practically unheard of. I don't know if it was the same day, or maybe a few days later, when I was walking our dog Tess through the woods where my brother had just bought the most amazing house, a house that I used to dream about living in, but we won't talk about how I was a touch envious. I will talk about how it gave me a new surge of inspiration to start writing again, though. As I cut off the path and wandered around the site of what used to be a huge mansion that had been left to go to ruins and was then demolished by the council in the 60s, I got to thinking about the people who had lived there and what life was like in a big old house, and if it had been haunted. By the time I got home, I had the entire plot for a story. I cleared a space on my washing laden kitchen table and sat down and began to write... Pages and pages of stuff. I knew my protagonist would be a tough, kick-ass policewoman called Annie Graham, who would be the one to bring the serial killer down. I knew deep in my heart that this would make a fabulous page-turning story, exactly the kind that I'd been searching for. There was just this tiny, tiny little problem. I really didn't have a fucking clue how to write it. And this was back in 2005, And it took me eight years from that initial idea to get in the book published. I originally called the book Deadly Obsession. I've never been very good with titles. But when it was picked up by the editor at Harlequin, it became The Ghost House. And that book changed my life. It's still one of my best-selling books, and it was published in 2013. People just fell in love with the character of Annie Graham. And I still get emails to this day from readers asking if there's going to be any more books in that series. I never told a soul I was writing that story in the beginning because I was too embarrassed and I had no one I could ask for help. I didn't know anyone who'd ever written a book, which is a reason for me finally getting around to recording this podcast. I would love to share the stories about my journey from being a dreamer to a published writer with you. And I hope that if you are in the same boat as I was, that it will inspire you to write that book you've been thinking about, that you have a burning desire to get down on paper. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.